Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. I am your host, Peter DiBiase. He is Lance Nelson, and this is the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo network. Make sure you guys like, make sure you guys subscribe, comment, comment throughout the night. We have a jammed, packed show. We're going to be talking, obviously, by the title DeAndre Hopkins, a little DeAndre Hopkins news is coming up again, but not just that. We'll end the show with DeAndre Hopkins, but we're going to start with tonight, OTAs. OTAs officially kicked off today for the Buffalo Bills, so now you guys are seeing Bills players on the field, for the or the full team on the field for the most part for the first time since January, so we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about what Sean McDermott said. We're going to talk about what Josh Allen said. It's going to be an absolute jam-packed show. Lance. How are we doing tonight, my man? How you doing, brother? Man, today was exciting, wasn't it? Just getting yeah. back to seeing football activities and just, uh, man, listening to the radio all day. It was, it was a great day. Uh, Mom's here. What's up? Um, guys, if you're uh, here, get in the comments. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. We got a great show planned. But uh, first, let's tell you about our sponsor, right? Our yeah, do uh, it. sponsor is Underdog Fantasy. Sign up using the promo code BLITZ. You'll receive a 100% deposit match from $10 to $100 deposit. Uh, you will get that uh, deposit match right now. They have a lot of good things going on. Best Ball Mania 4. I've got a couple teams in. Um, 25 bucks an entry and uh, $15 million, uh, in prizes, I believe. So a uh, little graphic here. $3 million to the first place and uh, a huge pool. It's going to be the biggest uh, fantasy football contest in the history of the universe so without further ado you want to jump into this guy yeah let's, i had to change my camera for a bit what I do? how does it look now better i like it better like this i like you a little I higher like, like that yeah so look today was a jam-packed day right we have we're at otas we are obviously it's voluntary so we're gonna make that crystal clear when it's voluntary obviously there was a couple people not there most notably Matt Milano and most notably Stefan Diggs, but it's voluntary. You're not required to be there. I want to do a point out before we talk about Von Miller down the road. It was kind of cool that he was actually there and he's not practicing. Like, I think that's a, yeah, for sure. I'm not saying this is not going to be a shot at Diggs, not saying he's not a leader or anything like that. Uh, but you can see Von Miller is one of the probably three to four main leaders on this team being not practicing yet and him being there. So, yeah. Let's go anywhere, Lance. Just give me one thing that you maybe just read today. Like, this could be a fun show. Anything you read today that maybe you heard about OTAs that maybe we stuck just, with? Just watching, yeah. um, just watching the players on the field, you know, from DeMar Hamlin um, to Puna Ford. You had, uh, I saw videos of Osiris Torrance out there and a couple of the other old linemen. So, no, it was really good just to see people just doing drills. Um, you even just saw, Von Miller talking to Jordan Poyer on the exercise bike there on the mm -hmm. side too. So really cool stuff. Um, you know, appreciate all the guys that are there being able to treat out the clips and things like that, because it really helps us get a, a nice view into, um, you know, what's going on with the team and, mm -hmm. and how that, how that stuff's unfolding. So, I mean, Von looks really good. Um, I saw Dorian Williams. I know you're going to like that, man. He looks, he looks well, big, man. I want to, let's talk about that. Uh, like, Dorian Williams, right? So I tweeted this, I don't know, maybe earlier this afternoon. And I was like, when they, Sean McDermott said they've been playing Dorian Williams at middle linebacker, right? And I think when he was drafted, 
I preached and I said and I told people, and Lance, I think you 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 agree with me, maybe not as vocal as I was because I think I was a little on the vocal train there, but I was like, Dorian Williams is a middle linebacker. He's going to play middle linebacker for the Bills. And I want to put this out there. This doesn't mean, and this doesn't mean I think he's starting day one at middle linebacker in week one. Like I think he could. That's a tough ask for Dorian Williams, right? There's other guys that have been there. That doesn't mean down the road in the season, week three, week four, week five, that he takes over for the middle linebacker position and starts for the Bills. But the biggest thing is, is that he is playing middle linebacker. And all the content creators and all the Bills media people, and I'm going to take a shot at you right now. I'm not going to name names. But you guys said he's exactly like Matt Milano. He's exactly like Terrell Bernard. They didn't play Terrell Bernard at middle linebacker last year. Not because obviously because of Tremaine, but they didn't play him at middle linebacker like to back up Tremaine Edmonds. Like, that wasn't his job and that wasn't his role. Uh, God forbid Tremaine Edmonds got hurt last year. They're doing this with Dorian Williams. They believe he's a middle linebacker. I think Brandon Bean's comments kind of changed people's views in the wrong way on draft night. And Brandon Bean, thanks for freaking out a lot of people. But then I think a lot of content creators just didn't do enough research on Dorian Williams. And it wasn't a hard research. He played 70 plus percent of snaps at middle linebacker in college. And another thing that kind of when I was driving home today that kind of came to mind for me, we, Sean McDermott's going to take over play call, right? We're going to get to that in a second. We can actually... I'm going to segue to that for a second, right? What do you think of this, Lance? I'm going to propose to you, right? So they're, they like to run nickel a lot, right, with Taron Johnson, right? But I do mm-hmm. think they're going to take a step back from that just a bit this year. I'm not saying Taron Johnson's not going to be a factor on this team. I think he's too good to not be a factor. But I do think they want to blitz more and be a little more aggressive. So I think you can blitz more, but Taron Johnson has to be off the field because if you blitz one of your linebackers, you're left with one linebacker in coverage, right? That just doesn't work. So if you take Taron Johnson off the field – what if they do more, a couple more of these lineups? Not saying this is going to be consistent, but you're going to have obviously Milano, Jordan Williams at middle linebacker, and then you have Terrell Bernard play the Sam linebacker. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one, I think Jordan Williams is going to happen. Jordan Williams is more is a better blitzer and a better getting up to the quarterback than Tremaine Edmonds was. So what do you what are your thoughts on that? That kind of three linebacker set right there. Yeah, I think they'll run a little bit more four three um, more often than they did last year. Let's say, but. Uh, I think it'll be pretty effective with the blitz schemes and things. I think Milano is pretty darn good at blitzing, even though you kind of want him in coverage too. So he's really good overall. He can kind of do either or for you. So that's really cool. You're not going to know who's coming. And I think that, uh, you know, that's going to allow them to to do a lot of good things on the defense. Guy Colson, that's a dope name. Love that McDermott is taking over 100%. Benford. For cornerback two, I, I was reading Matt Perino's article today, and obviously we have to use other media guys' stuff because they're there and we're not. So I'm going to give credit to Matt For Perino. Now. What? Until Peter gets up in that. Hopefully. Hopefully. But, yeah, Matt Perino was talking about Christian Benford. This is day one of OTA, so we're going to obviously preface that. But how Christian Benford looked pretty good, right? Like, Lance, give me a thought on the secondary. Uh, minus the safety position because I think they're playing Benford at the corner. I think they're going to keep him at corner. Minus the safety position, we know what they have there with Hyde and Poyer, and then you have Rap, and then obviously even DeMar. Like we're fine there. This cornerback position, we also can talk about Trey White and McDermott. He's taking a step above so far this offseason. Give me your thoughts on the cornerback position and what we can expect and how deep this team actually is at that position. Yeah, and I read something today too that uh, Coach said that, you know, he, uh, Benford does have the, 
you know, length and, and abilities to play safety. But right now the plans are for CB. So I really like that, you know, he kind of got that push at CB from the coach today. And then um, moving forward, uh, you have Kair Elam, who I really think uh, will take a step forward as well. But the cool thing to read was that um, Coach McDermott actually said this. I quoted this um, on our Twitter. He said that Trey White is just taking it to another level this offseason with his preparation and, and how, you know, he's having a healthy offseason. So I'm I'm pretty stoked about the, uh, the possibility of Trey White coming back to elite level. I mean, that's what we're talking about. He's going to come back either to what he was playing at before or even – potentially slightly above would be considered elite in my book. So that's uh, exciting news to see. Um, and then we'll see where it goes after, after those guys, obviously Teron Johnson in the slot uh, or in the nickel cornerback, if Izzy's listening. So we can uh, get that out of the way, but um, our nickel guy, definitely Teron Johnson. I think he's going to uh, continue to lead, lead the league and, in being the best nickel. Yeah. And I want to preface when I said they're going to the more of the four, three, it's not, all the time, and obviously going to run more of the three four. I think, in my opinion, I think they're still going to use more of that. No, I'm assuming not. Yeah, this yes, they're going to use more of the four three, but with more of the nickel instead of the, the three linebackers set. I'm just saying they're going to you're going to see maybe more three linebackers potentially this year than you have in years past. But look, the cornerback room went yeah. like you get Trey away back to elite level, right? Like that's awesome. And then you have I think Kyrie Elam, who I think slotted as the cornerback too. I think he showed signs second half of the year, and then he was very good. You have Dane Jackson, and if you deep dive into the numbers of Dane Jackson, I think it, it looks better on paper than it did on film. There was a lot of times he just wasn't making a play on the ball, in my opinion. But you throw Christian Benford in there, potentially. They said Jamarcus Ingram, a former undrafted cornerback, looked pretty good today. Like The Bills are set at the secondary position. Safeties in corners, they take – they're a very good secondary right now. I think they're like a top five, top seven. They become like a top two, top three if Trey White goes back to elite status. It just becomes unbearable, probably the best or maybe the best secondary in the NFL. So I think that is something we have to look for. And I'm excited for Trey White uh, to continue to grow. And I think maybe a big year for Trey White, which would make those fans uh, happy. And I'll, let's do another comment here. Boogie Basham. John's coming in. Vaughn was impressed how Boogie changed his weight and had a sack. This is another position battle, yeah, the position group where one. we need players to play, even when Vaughn Miller's back, right? Like Greg Rousseau is going to be good. And I think Greg Rousseau takes another step to get to 10 to 12 sacks this year because he had four rookie year, eight the second year. I think he gets a 10 to 12. Vaughn comes back, most likely would do his thing. We expect. We need some sort of presence. Outside of those two, if it's, is it Boogie? Is it Epinesa? Is it Shaq Lawson? Is it maybe Ed Oliver, who they said had a big day today, up the middle? Lance, what, what, Boogie Basham, uh, we can put to the side for a second, but like, what are your thoughts on this edge rushing group? Because we there's expectations here, and we need them to perform. Yeah, I think that you know Rousseau really has to kind of turn into that lead dog on the defensive end, and then um, you know we're going to need kind of Lawson and AJ Epinesa to step up. It looks like Boogie is uh, bulking up, but I, I hope it doesn't uh, affect him too much to have to have him kick inside or anything. Cause I know he was already kind of playing inside a little bit. So um kind of nervous when I see people playing with weights and different things, because mm -hmm. it's kind of worked against us in some aspects. AJ Epinesa. So um, just, yeah, not, 
not sure what to think of it yet, but I guess we'll see. And uh, till we get, I think McDermott kind of hit the nail on the head when he was talking today, though. He said um, that he's kind of been fooled by guys before in this setting. So until the pads come on, he really can't pass judgment too much, um, you know, with what's going on at the, at the OTAs now. You know, something I saw today today, and I don't, I don't know if Dalton Cates stood out like tremendously today, but it's his day one with Josh Allen. Because obviously Josh Allen wasn't a rookie mini camp, but I saw a video of Josh Allen like just teaching Kikade, like going through some of the motions and reps, and that's gonna be very important, right? Like this is a a rookie that's gonna come in first round pick, expectations are through the roof, but you're also gonna have a veteran quarterback, you're gonna have a superstar quarterback to lean on, right? Like you're gonna have that kind of guy to lean on. You're gonna have Dawson Knox to lean on when Diggs is in the building, Davis, right? So I think Dalton Kikade's gonna be a stud, but I was just, it was kind of cool to kind of see that with uh, Josh Allen today. Yeah, it's nice to see just him dropping back, throwing passes. Uh, saw a couple footwork things through the uh, drills, and then throwing into the the pockets of the pass catcher there, and he was nailing those throws. So I'm sure there's ones that weren't caught on camera or weren't displayed that he might have missed. But it, you yeah. know, it looked like he was throwing a good ball. Somebody actually brought up on one of the tweets, I think it was from Matt Bovey, uh, that his throwing motion might look a slightly different. And I th- I think that you know each year he kind of goes and, you know, tweaks that throwing motion a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think each year you're going to see, you know, small um, changes, you know, in that, in that motion because mm-hmm. he, he works on different things. And with the elbow injury, I'm sure that changed uh, the way his arm comes out and, and the angles of things. So I'm sure he's working to try to not uh, hurt that muscle as much, um, but also, you know, be able to be as effective and accurate as possible. What's up, Brian? Appreciate it. Yeah, I think Christian Wade, Christian Wade maybe plays one day uh, in London when the Bills travel to London. What's up? But uh, no, I want to I want to mention something. I missed this comment from John earlier. Josh Allen's press with Trent Sherfield. So we're going to bring that up. But we're going to bring up this topic right now. Reps for wide receivers, right? Stefan Diggs was not participating in the first day of voluntary OTAs. We can panic if he misses mandatory minicamp, right? Like that's when you start to panic a bit. I'm not panicking yet. So he was not there. That opened the door for some other players. Obviously the tight end room, but it opened the door for the wide receivers, right? Gabe Davis had a good day. Gabe Davis had a touchdown. I think with Gabe Davis healthy, he's the wide receiver too. I think we know what we can expect more or less from Gabe Davis. Not all Bills fans might agree with me, but that's my opinion. Lynch, Trent Sherfield was someone that came to mind today. I'm going to read a quote from Matt Perino or from Allen that Matt Perino put in his article. And then we can, you can talk about Trent Sherfield and the rest of the wide receivers. He said, Trent, or this is what Allen said, Trent Sherfield getting a lot of the Z reps and learning this offense. Allen said, I've loved what I've seen from Trent so far. The dude worked extremely hard. He's one of the hardest working guys on the team. Doesn't complain about anything. He's rolling right now. Trent Sherfield's coming in from Miami, right? So is Deontay Hardy. They bring in Kincaid. They have Shakir back. Like, if you get Sherfield stepping up and turning maybe into a legit receiver and a legit guy you can rely on, this offense kind of takes to a different level, and it's already at a, a massive level. Yeah, I think that, you know, he also made comments about Shakir uh, performing well, taking yeah. reps at Z and X, and so it kind of shows you that they are thinking that Shakir will play outside a bit. And, um, you know, I, th- I like – how all the news on the receivers, you know, there's, there wasn't anything really bad. So that's always a good sign. Mm-hmm. And everyone looked pretty fluid. Everyone looks like they're moving pretty well out there from the clips I got to see. So I think that it's just like we said at the beginning, it's kind of refreshing just to see everyone back out there 
kind of getting together. The um, the press conferences today were just really impressive too. I just really liked uh, listening to Josh, listening to Vaughn, especially he was kind of my favorite uh, today. And, um, and then Sean McDermott as well. So I, I think that it was just really cool to kind of get more information about how things are going. And, and that's always, you know, a positive step in the right direction to say, all right, man, we're, we're starting to get closer and closer to football, to some semblance of football. So feels good. Yeah. Like almost June. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Almost June. Obviously it's OTAs. It's unpadded. You're not having the same thing as training camp is, but you got to, I always say you got to take it with a grain of salt. We also got to take what they're giving you. It's what we're reading is what we're hearing. And we're going to talk about it, right? We're not going to try to overreact to say, oh, Trent Sherfield's, oh, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns incoming for Trent Sherfield. Like, that's not where we're going here. But if you can get production behind Davis, strictly talking about the wide receiver room, right? Behind Davis. Especially and Davis. the outside, right? You want, yes. you want those outside guys. Yes. Because I do think, right? Like you said, Shakir playing outside, Sherfield potentially playing outside. They can also slide into the inside. Like they have that versatility. Mm-hmm. And I think Sherfield sure. been inside. So is Deontay Hardy. But the Kincaid draft, them drafting Kincaid could affect their playing time inside. Like that 100% has an effect because they're bringing Kincaid in to be a big slot receiver, right? So they're going to have to go on the outside if they want to get on the field. And I do think we're going to see Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, and Khalil Shakir a lot this year. And I think it's going to be very unique what can Ken Dorsey do with those guys because I think they all have a specific skill set. They're all good at particular things. But Trent Sherfield was a pretty dynamic wide receiver when he played for Miami, right? Like he didn't have eye popping numbers, but he doesn't need to have eye popping numbers to be. But he had eye popping plays, I think. I mean, I really he think did. he he did have some plays that was like, yes. man, this guy is is legit. And I think that was he kind of gained the trust towards the end of the year. And I think even in the playoffs, he was scoring touchdowns, you know, because he had that that he you know he's my go to guy kind of mentality for um, Sherfield. I think it's. it's uh, plain to see that you know he was obviously one of the guys they wanted to go to. So I think that it's pretty it's pretty exciting to see. I saw you know shorter catch a pass, all these guys. So you know just seeing him out there catching passes from Josh, and then having Josh come back and uh, talk so positively about everyone and how everyone's working. Um, you know there wasn't really any like hey this guy came in out of shape. We're pretty disappointed. No. So that's kind of always a good day. <laughs> kind of you know that's that's. Mm-hmm one of the things you kind of, you hope to hear from, and, and that's exactly why it was so exciting is because everyone gets the updates on the things like Dorian Williams playing middle linebacker. I mean, I think that is one of the most exciting pieces of news we got today. And I know you'll agree with that. So, you know, with the wide receivers, you know, we're bummed Steph Diggs isn't here just because we like him so much, but the guy's busy. He's got a lot of business going on. I think that um, you got to kind of give him, his due credit. He's one of the best receivers in the league, if not, you know, the best route runner for sure. So I think anytime you're looking at a guy with that talent, he's obviously got a lot of ventures going. He's still focused on football. He's still focused on being great, but he's kind of doing it on his, you know, yeah. On his own time. I'm not worried. I I don't think we should be. uh... Yeah. I don't think we should be worried about Stefan Diggs. Guy Colson, Damian Harris signing. I think he's asking our thoughts on the Damian Harris signing. We probably talked about this maybe was it two months ago, whatever it was. But I thought it was a good addition because I always thought it gives a, kind of a a different element to the running game than Cook does. And I think it limits Cook's touches in the red zone, which or goal to goal, which might be healthy for him long term because I think Cook is more of an outside red zone kind of running back. 
and obviously can be a red zone, but I'm talking about when goal to goal kind of situation, like first and goal from the five, right? Like that's when Damian Harris becomes a factor. I probably should have said short yards. I think that's when Damian Harris kind of becomes a factor. He's dynamic. He's always killed the Bills every time we've played them. So I remember he had that big touchdown in the in the win game or the, the Elman game two years ago. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good signing. I think it gives another d- dynamic. And I want to talk about the let's talk about the running back room, Lance. Right? Perino touched in his article, no room for error for Naheem Hines. So I want to read the whole blurb he said about Perino. Uh, Perino said about Hines. Is that okay? Sure, do it. So Hines had some opportunities to make plays during practice, and when he made them, he looked sensational. There's, there's a burst to his game and an explosive factor when he had the ball in his hands. The problem on Tuesday was a struggle to hang on to the ball. He dropped one during routes versus air and then another one during team drills. There's an argument to be made that the former Indianapolis Colt, Colts back is fourth on the team's depth chart. He'll need to erase the drops once the pads come on. What do you make of that? Because I do think Naeem Hines has a roster spot locked up because I think he's going to be the kick returner and I think he's going to be the punt returner. But... This, this is a crowded backfield with Cook, with Harris, with Hines, and then you add with Tavius Murray in, who's a veteran-proven running back. What are your thoughts on this, Lance? Uh, maybe the running back room in general or just Naeem Hines? Yeah, I, well, I think that also Latavius Murray wasn't there at all, so I don't really see where Hines has uh, ground to lose if he's out there. I think he's, you know, being there is going to be positive, and I think they really like him on special teams. You got to remember they're not carrying a Taiwan Jones, no. right? So this, you know, Hines may assume that kind of roster spot that Taiwan Jones ate up, you know, and he's going to be that special. You know, he had two kickoff returns for a touchdown in one game. I just rewatched the game last night. And I no, was he's, putting together yeah. some some film. I'm like, you know, he's not going to um, go anywhere. I think he's going to take up that that running back spot that they use for special teams. Do you, do you, I agree. I think he's a special teams lock. Do you see him factoring in offensively? Because I do think he gives, like, there's so many dynamic players here on the Bills team, on this Bills offense, tight end, wide receiver, obviously the quarterback, but the running back position as well. And I think he does something different than Cook, and he does something different than Harris. He's probably a better pass catcher than both. He's definitely a better pass catcher than Harris. I think Cook can become a better pass catcher, but I think at this point, Hines is the better pass catcher. Like, I think Cook's locked in as RB1, but, like, do we see a spot where Hines is factoring on offense? It's got to be matchup-based for me, I think. I, I definitely agree. He's going to have a factor um, in certain situations, but I don't see it. You know, he, he could evolve to a certain role, too, where he's consistently at, you know, six touches a game or whatever it is. So I think that kind of reminds me of the point you are making about Teron Johnson and using the three linebacker sets. Is like Teron Johnson averaged nearly 61 snaps a game last year. Uh, as just Percent or snap? Snaps per game. Okay. And so, uh, you know, if he goes down to 53 per game, 55 per game, and they, you know, he loses that because they're putting those three linebackers packages in. I think that's the kind of spread you might see. Yeah, and if, to go that, if they're using those eight, ten places off the field to blitz, get up the quarterback, yeah. make disruptive plays. That's a, a positive. Absolutely. So that's you know back to the running backs though. I think that Hines definitely gets you know somewhere in the you know five to ten snaps a game range in certain packages. It really depends on the matchup too. If they have like really you know, slower running backs or something mm-hmm. where the matchup where Hines can just really get after those guys. I think, you know, yeah. it'll be Hines and Cook, but Cook might get, 
you know, spelled a little bit more because we're not going to use Damian Harris to spell him in that situation. We have to use Hines based upon the offensive that we're running against that opponent. There's a lot of mouths to feed. There's a lot of on running back, wide receiver position, the tight end position, especially Don Kincaid. He kind of throws a wrench into some of those guys' snaps, which might be a good thing because I think he's super talented and uber talented. But this does create a maybe a roster battle. It, there's a roster battle at the wide receiver position, right? So, oh, yeah. Lance, what do we think? We think they're keeping six receivers, right? That's what the number is, right? Like it's hard to keep seven wide receivers because then you go thin at another position, right? So if you keep six, I like this conversation because if you keep six wide receivers, right? Diggs, get the counter. Davis, two locks. Yeah, I'm going to pull out the roster clear. Shakir, Hardy, Sherfield. And then Shorter's the sixth. Yep. And then am I missing? And then, then you have, I, I didn't even realize this guy was on the team, but Desmond Patman is on the team. Probably Keyshawn Johnson, happen. Isaiah Colt. Coltier, Coulter, Coulter. you're a I legend. Tyrell Shavers actually is a guy. I like him. I know. I think he'd probably be priority practice squad kind of guy. Yeah. So So those are the six guys, right? Like, I don't think there's a need to keep seven. And then because you're going to use Kincaid more, like, I think Jalen Wayne, like Reggie Wayne's son. Yeah, probably not him. I think cousin. I think I read. I think it was cousin. Cousin, Where is? Well, if you think about it, right? The Bills are going to have eight wide weapons, not including running backs, right? You can have the six receivers I just mentioned, and then you're going to have Dawson Knox, and you're going to have Kincaid, right? I don't, you probably don't need to keep seven receivers, right? Like, I think Kincaid kind of takes away that need for a seventh receiver, because you didn't have that last year. You had Dawson Knox, and then you had Quentin Morris and Tommy Sweeney, right? Like, you weren't really need... You needed two tight ends in the game, but you weren't using that second tight end for anything particularly besides just blocking, right? But this year, you're going to have Kincaid kind of slide into that slot receiver role. Yeah, Roy's right. Like I just said, don't need seven receivers when you have Knox and Kincaid. I think that kind of – so it's going to be six receivers. I think Shorter's going to be the sixth guy, right? I think he kind of – outside of Diggs, you really don't have another big-time weapon, like big wide receiver, right? Like Sherfield's not, Hardy's not, Shakir's not, Diggs is not. I think you keep sure. I think Shorter stays on that roster because he kind of, kind of positions himself away from that kind of small receiver, which... What happens if they had DeAndre Hopkins, though? Well, then if they had DeAndre Hopkins, I think Justice Short is a practice squad guy. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. And we're going to get to DeAndre Hopkins eventually. Had to tease it. Had to tease it. Had to stay for the DeAndre Hopkins talk. What about DeMar Hamlin? Yeah. Boy, I I first just saw, like, you know, kind of a drop back and, um, you know, get the get the ball thrown to him kind of drill and then all of a sudden i see him jacking up this uh uh sled and i'm like oh boy he's like he's actually jacking up a sled right now that's pretty that's pretty cool so i saw mm-hmm. a couple different of his workouts and and it was pretty cool to see those clips really yeah i put a tweet out today something that i never thought i would see again demar ham went back on the field at bill's practice today uh that tweet has 746 likes in three hours. So, and I credit the person that took the video. So, so people don't get mad at me. 35,000 views of the tweet. So, that was cool. But no, look, DeMar Hamlin being back is bigger than football, right? It's a bigger story than football. It's like a life changing moment for him. And he was not wearing a helmet. He was not running through Joe, like, I guess Team Joe's. He was doing more individual workouts. But we're yeah. talking about Tuesday, May 23rd. We are so far away from 
the rest of OTAs, mandatory minicamp, training camp, preseason, and then the regular season. It, it, like he's on the trajectory of playing week one. It's it's a wild, wild situation. And if you're thinking of football terms, what that means for the safety position, you have Poyer and you have Hyde. And then you have Taylor Rapp, who could start on some teams, and it's going to be very interesting in what they do with Taylor Rapp. And then you have DeMar Hamlin. And then you have DeMar Hamlin. It's an unreal safety position for the Buffalo Bills, and I think it just gets better with DeMar Hamlin. But him being on the field is an awesome sight to see. For sure. Yeah, I just was looking up one of our uh, one of the tweets I put out on the uh, Allen presser about uh, year two under Ken Dorsey. Um, mm-hmm. that thing got, is almost up to 25,000. Oh, you put that out? There. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's dope. But I want to talk about, this with tail wrap. This is what, I think it's John Butler. I think that's our secondary coach called John Butler. I don't know. It's a, it's Butler. I, I know, know Butler is the coach. Wait, it's going to give me a Google search. Oh yeah, John Butler. Yes, John Butler. So defensive backs coach John Butler said this about rap after practice today. We love guys who have a vers- versatile background. Just in the concept of their ability to play man, their ability to play zone, their ability to tackle, their ability to play the ball. I think he's been a great addition to us, and he'll fit in well, not only from a football player perspective, but culturally. I think Taylor Rapp fits the Bills. And we talked about maybe them getting three linebackers on the field more often with Bernard, with Williams, and with Milano. Do we see a scenario where they get Rapp, Poyer, and Hyde on the field, Lance? Yeah, I think you're going to see some some packages like that. I think, you know, McDermott is is very aggressive, like you said, and he, just as much as he wants to blitz maybe with three linebacker sets, he's going to want to use, um, you know, some of those quick guys as well. And I think that's one of the things he's been successful with too is, uh, you know, having guys come off the edge and things from like a linebacker or a, a DB a DB spot. So I really like that, uh, you know, Rap is getting a run here and it's a one-year contract. We'll see kind of where he develops into, mm. you know, what kind of role they develop into him. And then, you know, you know, does he, I don't know, maybe they see what can happen and, and he um, maybe succeeds Hyde. I don't know. I mean, I just, anything's possible, I guess. Yeah. Did you see the Daquan Jones thing that kind of happened a little bit, a couple minutes, uh, maybe like yeah. 40 minutes ago? And our guy Ben Shoop tweeted something about it and he got liked by Daquan Jones. But it was, I think, what did Daquan say? Locked in? Is that what he said mm-hmm. with a picture yeah. of him on practice today? Our uh, member of the Buffalo community does great things on Twitter, on YouTube shorts, podcast. Ben Shoup um, was talking about or tweeted about maybe the Bills are signing Daquan Jones to a contract extension, and Daquan Jones liked that tweet. This was probably maybe 10 minutes before we 15 minutes before we got on air at 8 o'clock. So Daquan Jones is a guy that I've always said they're going to sign him to an extension before the – camp breaks or before the camp ends during the summer because we've talked about it. They brought in Puna Ford. They have Ed Oliver who looked really good today. And we'll get to Puna Ford in a second and Ed Oliver. Uh but Daquan Jones is a guy that you kind of you kind of have to talk about because they don't have any de- defensive tackles signed to the following season to 2024. Tim Settles a free agent. Jordan Phillips is a free agent. And they think they need Daquan Jones. So getting a D- Daquan Jones extension worked in this summer to maybe another year, maybe similar to like what the Matt Milano was, maybe not till 2026, probably just another year and maybe a year after that, but we'll see what it is. Probably just a one-year extension post this 2023 season. But we saw how good the Bills' defense were was with Daquan Jones, and we saw how li- how limited and poor they were against the run without Daquan Jones. So 
Lance Dawson, Daquan Jones potentially getting an extension. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, I'd like to get uh, not Daquan uh, necessarily, but I'd like to just get one of these guys. Maybe um, you know anybody that we might have drafted or you know that we will draft in the future. But get a guy locked up for five years, you know, or four years. Try to get um, Daquan's probably not a fit for that length of contract. No, but definitely, uh, you know, looking for even either a D end, you know, or or a, a D tackle. Just kind of our D line is very kind of. Uh, suspect behind Von Miller and Greg Rousseau to try to understand who's going to be here and who's Long not yeah. um, in the in the in the future. So I think that um, it's good to see that you know Puna Ford uh, had a had a good day today, showing out. Um, looks like Ed Oliver, according to some, had a good day. You said uh, you told me that, and then um, also the Daquan Jones, you know, being being there and and being locked in with his guys. So. Um, I'll, I'll touch on this. I wasn't going to go there, but I will since I saw it. I, I really like DJ Dale. I think he can maybe even push some of these fringe roster guys for a spot and, Phillips, yeah. and, and uh, really, you know, give us a guy where say, hey, you know, we've got a young guy in here that needs the run to mm-hmm. further his development and needs to actually have game action and then pull the trigger on, you know, cutting the other guys loose that uh, may only be one or two years at a time here. This is what I read about uh, at Albert. This is why I said he looked pretty good on on one rep during 11 on 11, Oliver got off the line so quickly that neither Ryan Bates nor David Edwards had a chance to slow him down, and he sped by both linemen. By the time he landed at Allen's doorstep, the quarterback tried to get rid of the ball again, but this time Oliver batted it down. And obviously this is against Ryan Bates and against David Edwards. David Edwards probably slides into be a backup role this year for the Bills, and maybe Ryan Bates wins the guard job, but I don't think he does. I think McGovern and Torrance are probably the two slotted in at starting guards. And I do love the O-line what the Bills have done this offseason for the O-line, but I think at Alva is a big year for at Alva, right? There's a major section of this fan base that don't want at Oliver long-term. I don't know where I stand on it yet. I think it has to be the it has to be the right money to sign at Oliver long-term, right? Like it has to be the money where you're like, whoo, that fits more of like that Matt Milano contract. Not maybe not yeah, that range, sure. but where, where you're like, oh, that was kind of a steal. Because I think Ed Oliver's shown to be very good and has shown to make plays, but he's also just like gone quiet in games. And just some games yeah. you just don't see Ed Oliver. But I do think having Puna Ford and Daquan Jones next to him at all times, right? He's going to be lined up next to either with Puna Ford, and Puna Ford was great today, uh, according to what I read. Next to Puna Ford or Daquan Jones just opens up the D-line for him, right? I think it opens up the D-line. And Lance, we've talked about this what that can do for Ed Oliver having either Puna or Daquan Jones next to him for the majority of the snaps he'll be taking this year. Yeah, for sure. I think you, you know, can't really double team uh, Ed Oliver when, when you have those guys next to, next to him. So it makes it a lot easier to um, get free. And I think uh, it's nice to see he has explosion. I think that we're going to need that, um, especially with Von Miller potentially coming back. And, uh, and I think that's our next, topic here too is um you know von miller says he guarantees he'll be back by week six at the latest and he didn't rule out being back week one so you know i've gotten into it on twitter with guys um who just you know i just think that it's it's von miller uh being a a freak human and an athlete that he just makes it back for week one i don't know that's just my feeling on it and I think he hasn't ruled it out. I think he's maybe tempering expectations by throwing out the week six mark 100%. there for sure. But I think that it's like, hey, he's 
already running straight forward. He needs to obviously start cutting and things like that. But, you know, he's talking about a nine month plan to get back from December. So that's September. That's nine months. That's the start of the season. So I really think that that's his plan right now. He's on a nine month schedule and he's on schedule and he's doing well, but that's not to say something else won't come up that they say, Hey, I felt this, that, uh, let's give it another week or two to make sure it's stable before we go out there and impress it. I don't know if he's going to be back week one. I think there's a a good chance or there's a chance he will be. I don't think he goes on pup, right? I don't think he'll be on the pup because the pup is you're out the first four weeks, right? So I do think he won't be put on pup unless the Bills are like, he's not coming back before the first four games. Let's get an extra roster spot, right? To maybe make get an impact, not impact, but just to get in depth at a certain position where we need it. Assumably probably the edge because of Von Miller's absence. Week one would be awesome, right? Monday night football against the Jets. But you also don't want to rush it because I think the beginning of the schedule is a little more favorable in the grand scheme of the 17 games the Bills are going to play this season. I do think Ed, I think do I do think Von Miller will be back. I, my guess is like a week two, week three. I think it'd be cool if he comes back week one, but he's doing all the right things, right? He's doing all the right, he's saying all the right things. But I do agree. I think he tried to temper expectations by saying no later than week six because Lance, if he came out today and says, I'll be back week one, or I'm most likely coming back week one, or something like that, then you and I are going to be talking about it. You know, Bills fans on Twitter are going to be talking about it. It's just going to be a frenzy. And if he's not, people are going to get mad, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I, for sure. I want to touch on this. I read something, um, or this is what Perino said about it. Torrance, he gave Torrance a run for his money. And I do think Torrance slides in the start at the guard position, but it's not going to be any easy. He's a rookie. He's a second-round pick. He's a rookie, but since his day one at OTAs, it's going up against non-undrafted defensive tackles or defensive edges. So Torrance got thrown into the deep end of the pool a few times on Tuesday and held up pretty well. On one occasion, though, he found himself backpedaling and trying to recover as Ed Oliver blew past him on the inside on an inside speed move. So Ed Oliver blew past him one time, but it also said in the beginning that Perina wrote uh, that he got thrown into the deep pool, so it means against the, the top-tier guys in the Bills roster, and held up pretty well. So obviously you're gonna have up and downs, but I like the beginning of that a little blurb. Yeah, so. I mean, obviously we're not wearing pads or anything, so I'm not really gonna be able to. I think that's kind of what McDermott was saying a little yes. bit too. Is like it's really tough to to really be too impressed with anybody out there um, without pads on and just this early in the season. So I think um, you know that's one of my biggest takeaways too. Is like I said, I, I really enjoyed listening to the press conferences because you really got pretty good insight usually a press conference is like josh allen's was more kind of like once he got done talking about the golf and that kind of stuff you kind of saw him go from like this bright light joking around to just he just sat there and he's kind of giving those answers you know and it's great but i'm just saying like at the other guy mcdermott was kind of giving us more uh in-depth information just you know telling us about doran williams at middle linebacker i mean obviously people are going to be out there seeing it so it's just best for him to kind of give that because they did have a practice yesterday which was closed so this you know the first day coming in uh opening to the media he's going to just tell us those things that are obvious that the media is going to see and jump on anyway and it was just kind of a not all coaches do that, though. I think that some would just say, hey, you come and see what we're going to do, and then, you know, I'll let you report it. But uh, McDermott kind of gave us a, a snippet into, you know, what he's actually seen from guys. The Trey White thing was really cool just to see that, you know, he's stepping it up to another level. I think there was a comment before, too, that, you know, Vaughn's injury kind of helped Trey's mentality. So there's that side of the coin, too. And I, I really I really agree with that. I think, 
you know, oh, Neil came in saying that. So I think that that's uh, uh, absolutely right, Tampa. I think that you just you got to think that um, Trey White and Von Miller are, are getting closer over this situation, and then you know if that fuels him even more to to come back, just like we said earlier, that he may be even better than he than he was pre-injury, which would be at the elite tier, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, I think, yeah. Von Miller's obviously, we need him to be at the elite tier because when we, he was on the field this past season, he was excellent. And when he was off the field, the defensive line or the edge group in general took a, took a, took a step back. So, yeah, 100%. Anything else OTAs-wise? I think, look, maybe McDermott saying Josh Allen is focused and determined. Obviously, Twitter's been all over the place with Josh Allen, some rumors and all that fun stuff. Obviously, we're not going to dive into those rumors because I'm not going to report on something that possibly is not true. Or nobody confirmed. Nobody's ever going right. to confirm. But yeah, I think Josh Allen is this is a big year for the Bills, obviously. But I do think I kind of like to see, saw like McDermott. I think McDermott was very open in this press conference, and like you, like you said, Lance, right? You don't have to be open. He doesn't have to be open. He could just be like watch the film or you were at the practice. You make your assumption. You write your stories. You write your tweet. You do your podcast, right? But him helping you obviously makes our lives a lot easier. But he also just makes him more of a friendly guy and just kind of oh, like, yeah. like more of an in-depth. Just maybe some stuff we'll miss just because we're obviously not football coaches and it's a different game or a different viewpoint on his side of the field. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I definitely liked, uh, you know, again, just seeing – Kincaid and Allen getting together, um, yes. just seeing it on video just was kind of cool. Um, so just wrapping up OTAs all together is just, you know, again, cool, cool seeing Josh throwing to people. Um, and then, and then again, just hearing him at the podium talking and just like getting all of that uh, kind of information to, to kind of carve out, you know, in our minds, some of the roles that people are going to play. Like I really liked, you know, how Josh was telling us that, you know, guys, the receiver position were working at X's and Z's and, and how he saw them fitting in to the mm -hmm. scheme, you know, especially with Shakir and Sherfield. So it just, you kind of get that, my you know, extra boost towards, you know, what you're thinking this is going to look like. And also saying that they're not going to change it much, but they're cleaning it up. So is it like, okay, I'm going to take what's given to me a little bit more. I'm going to, maybe you're going to see more of the short passing game because that's, what's going to be available. Um, you know, so that gives you a little bit um, of, of good feeling and, and hope that, you know, this offense is going to take off, even though it was already highly ranked last year, they just had game. times when we needed it, it just wasn't able to be uh, brought to another level. And, and obviously we saw the result against the Bengals that we didn't want to see. So I think, you know, all that being said, it's obviously the fun time of year where everyone's zero and zero and, and everyone's can just breathing positivity out there, mm -hmm. which I love. So um, it's just, it's altogether good to see, um, see these guys and even just, you know, their faces and, and just no pads on. Yeah, my favorite thing today, obviously, was the Demar Hamlin. But outside of the Demar Hamlin thing, uh, was obviously the Dorian Williams thing. I think I was I was all over that. I put a yep. tweet out. I was like, "This is what I want to see because this is what I was talking about." And I think it, it's going to be still tough for him to start day one or week one against the Jets in the Monday Night Football. But we're still talking about OTAs. We're starting the second day of OTAs. The first one open to the media. We're on May twenty third. We're just getting started here, though. But like, I think Dorian Williams is. Could be a hundred percent a factor at the middle linebacker position. So all the people that said he wasn't gonna play middle linebacker and it was the same pick as Terrell Bernard, the same player as Matt Milano can go kick rocks. But 
Lance and I are going to be back. Obviously, the show's not done. We still have about 10, 12 minutes after the show tonight. But if you do miss this episode, you can rewatch it on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. And if you prefer the podcast version, it comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. As always, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. So we're going to end the show with this. DeAndre Hopkins, a bill. So we've talked about this. We've tweeted about this. Bill's content creators have done all this. This is about a month or two ago, or before the draft. Not even, not even probably a month ago. Probably about a month ago, when he was rumored potentially to the Bills. He said Bills, Chiefs. He did. Pacman Jones said on the Pat McAfee show, "I'm hearing these two teams." And then he comes out and says, "On was it the day, either yesterday or the day before on a podcast, the number one quarterback he wants to play with is Josh Allen." Yep. And that kind of sparked again the rumors, right? And there's also this June 1st designation where it becomes more favorable for the Cardinals cap situation if they trade DeAndre Hopkins, but post-June 1st, then prior to June 1st. And right now we're at May 23rd. Lance, are we foolish to still be talking about this, or is this still a legit possibility? Yeah, I'm hoping that he gets straight out released, and that makes it even more of a possibility. The trade front, it depends on what they're looking for. We, we have to realize we do have... 10 draft picks next year. So if he's going to use one of those draft picks um, instead of using it to move up in the draft, move, you know, using it to go get a DeAndre Hopkins, I'm, I'm pretty square with that. I, especially, you know, thinking like, what if they trade the, if they have a comp pick from Edmonds and they trade that pick to Arizona, like that'd be pretty dope. I think that's, uh, that's a great value trade for the bills right there. So, uh, you know, you know, I don't know what, the asking price is obviously yet some people were saying a second and a fifth, but you know, with that relief of, of the cap situation, maybe um, that's what it takes, but having that 10 pick draft capital that they have helps them at least think about it. And, um, I, you know, I think that Von Miller hit this on the head kind of today, he was talking about it and, you know, mentioned that, um, I think, you know, it's, it's something where, you know, I think, it will definitely put us over the top. I think it would be a uh, a no brainer to to bring that talent in, and then figure it. You know, and, and I think Dave said this as well. We kind of figure this, figure it out after that. So I think you know, it's always it's always exciting to to hear about top level players coming in. But I think there's actually a legit possibility, and there's definitely interest on both sides. Plus, the fit is definitely there. Yeah, obviously the fits there. We don't know the full Bills' interest, and we're not going to know the full. Like Brandon Bean's not going to come out. We're interested in DeAndre Hopkins because that just ruins the leverage, and that just doesn't make sense. Especially they don't get him, so we don't know. We're never going to know the Bills' side of the interest in DeAndre Hopkins until it happens, or until he stays, or until something happens on the front. If he's a Cardinal for the 2023 season, if he's a Chief, a Raven, whatever, right, or a Bill, and then we'll know how interested they actually were. But there's clearly interest from DeAndre Hopkins, which sparks this debate. So I still don't think anything gets done before June first, right? I feel like was June did I was June first a cut for the Cardinals or for them the trade? DeAndre Hopkins. I, I feel like I read that wrong. For which? You know, when they said that I read something about the June first uh, designation, and was that? I think it's that, on a trade, but I think either way, moving him off the roster, either way, uh, whether it's via release or trade, uh, is going to be beneficial after June first. Okay, ready. Yeah, so post-June 1st, if the Cardinals trade DeAndre Hopkins, they creates $10.5 million in cap space. They're going to trade. If they're going to trade him, they're not going to do it before June 1st. What's the point? 
Yeah, I wouldn't do that. So if you're waiting for today or tomorrow for DeAndre Hopkins trade, stop waiting. I would wait until June 1st, which would be, when is that? Next Thursday. So next Thursday is the day where if, if this is still a thing and you're still yeah. hearing rumble. Go enjoy your Memorial Day. You don't worry about it. You know, Have yeah, a good Memorial Day weekend. Wake up Thursday then... morning and get worried. About it. Don't go to work. Yeah, don't true. go to work. Just sit on Twitter and see what happens. No, I'm joking. Don't do that because – that's crazy. But, yeah, so this won't happen. But it's a legit thing. And maybe we'll touch on it again on Tuesday and on uh, next week for our show. And, obviously, we're going to st- still talk about OTAs. Still going to be a ton of stuff to talk about. But this could be a conversation, maybe even a bigger conversation next Tuesday. I still think it's in play, right? Am I sick of this? I'm not I'm not sick of it. But, like, I kind of want it to be over. I want him – obviously, there's two options, right, in my opinion. You that want we closure want, on it, right? Yeah, we either want him to stay as a corner or be a Buffalo Bill. Right, like, the, like if he stays at Cardinals, it doesn't really hurt us. The Cardinals are not Super Bowl threats in the NFC. They're one of the worst rosters in the NFL, which makes sense for them trading the Andre Hopkins, creating cap space, getting a draft pick. But I agree, Lance. I never thought about that. The uh, the comp pick that they're going to get for can you trade that? Yeah, even if you don't know you're getting a comp pick. Well, you have to wait until you get it. I guess I don't know when do they give them out. Next. That would be wait, wait, wait. Yeah, never mind then. So you, so you know, no, no, this is what you would do, right? You would trade your third round pick, knowing you would use the knowing you get a comp pick. Yeah, that's the same thing, right? So same idea. It's the same idea. So obviously that comp pick will be later in the draft because the comp pick's towards the end of the third round. I, I I'll, t- I'll take that. I'll bite that bullet. Maybe dropping back ten to fifteen picks in the third round to take DeAndre Hopkins. Would you bite that bullet? Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think DeAndre Hopkins is still in play. I think there's interest from Von Miller clearly. This is just from DeAndre Hopkins to play with Josh Allen. I'm assuming Josh Allen will love to play DeAndre Hopkins. And you're right. You make you 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 trade for him, and then you figure it out when it comes to wide receiver position. But we're not talking about moving around elite receivers, right? And I like Trent Sherfield, and I like Cardi, and I like Shakir, and we don't know what we got at Justin Shorter. But DeAndre Hopkins is a different level, and it makes Davis, Diggs, and Hopkins the best trio in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. And then, I think and that, then, uh... and then you have Kincaid in the slot. And then you have to – oh, my God, I'm just going to lose my mind. Imagine yeah. these five guys as your receivers, and we're not even mentioning Hardy, Sherfield, or Shakir, who are going to be a factor this year for the Bills. You're going to have Kikade, you're going to have Knox, Hopkins, Davis, and Diggs. Yeah, you can't defend that. There's no way. Unreal. And then legit playmakers out of the backfield. And then you have Josh Allen throwing the ball. Like, this is, I'm not saying it's a no brainer because it's. But Josh Allen's also a legit playmaker right. out of the backfield. Yeah. So, like, you can go five wide, have no running back next to him. And then, you know, depending on the defensive alignment, um, you can and you can even have Cook out there in a five wide set, and then if the defensive lineman, uh, you know, is such that you're going to need kind of a more max protect uh, protection, you can always motion him in the backfield. You can also see a guy like Kincaid maybe motion in the backfield, or Knox who will motion in the backfield and kind of play that uh, pass pro role. So you can do all those different things, and then have all those you know receiving options as well. So I think the one things we didn't really touch on when we're talking about Kincaid is that Knox isn't going anywhere. Like Knox is going to be really good this year. And I think that that's people are sleeping on how Dawson Knox is going to perform this year because Kincaid is coming in. And I think Kincaid adds the dimension to our team, but he's not, I think Allen kind of seemed like he was kind of slow in, you know, the role I'm talking about Kincaid and not that he's, you know, that he's got a lot of work to do and that he's going to get and And so I think that it's really important to realize that Dawson Knox is still um, going to be a good part of this offense. Now, I think when he when Allen talks about cleaning stuff up, it's probably 
you know, talking about getting the ball to guys like Knox when he when you see over the season uh, on film that he's wide open half the time. So, you know, you're going to want to use that use him and get him the ball in those situations and not force things on the field mm-hmm. unless it's absolutely there. So um, DeAndre Hopkins only helps that case too. I think that, you know, he opens up the offense to do kind of whatever you want, whenever you want. And that's just another dimension that the bills don't have right now. Gabe Davis hopefully takes another step in that role, but uh, then he prices himself out from being really resigned uh, next year, probably yeah. with the bills. So it's yeah. just a, it's not, you know, if you get Hopkins, I think you have that for three years, maybe that, um, you know, you're going to have that Diggs and Hopkins uh, tandem, which is, you know, put whoever else, you know, out there, that's going to be really good. Yes. This is a good spot to end the show here, but Lance, I want to end it with your final takeaway from, I guess, day two of OTAs, but day one of open media OTAs. Yeah, just a bundle of positivity, loving the the faces out there that we have such a strong presence. Uh, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, some notable guys weren't here, but that's uh, just a few of them. And a few guys are here, but not participating. And that's good because their leadership is being felt. I really think that, you know, hearing these guys speak today and just uh, seeing how everyone's getting back out there and, and reforming bonds is just a good positive way uh, to kind of, you know, kick off your day and for Tuesday it was just a nice uh a way to to spend the day you know kind of with the team fun day. and, and following fun day. along so I think my final takeaway I'm gonna go make more a little football-esque here and that was I guess Christian Benford making some sort of an impact in the secondary and it creates kind of a cool dynamic cornerback room and it also creates a cool dynamic conversation when we're talking about the impact that Trey White can have and McDermott talking about He's getting back to what we play, and he's taking steps and steps and steps to get back to where he was. But it also shows the depth they have with Benford, Elam, and Dane Jackson. And I think the cornerback rooms could be a fascinating, fascinating thing to watch. The rest of OTAs, mandatory minicamp, training camp, preseason, and then leading in to the regular season. Lance, tell everyone and everyone about our sponsor. Yeah, sign up today with Underdog Fantasy using promo code BLITZ and you will get a 100% deposit match from $10 up to $100. So go out there right now. They're having the biggest fantasy football contest ever in Best Ball Mania 4. 15 million total prizes, 3 million to first place. Um, So just a huge pool of money and and a big contest. So get out there, sign up, promo code BLITZ. B-L-I-T-Z for those listening on podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's capital or lowercase. Uh, all lowercase, I think, will just work fine. Yes. So uh, no worries there. But uh, not case sensitive. Go sign up today and get in on the biggest fantasy football contest ever. Yep. As always, the Buffalo Blitz is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Use code BLITZ, like Lance just said. If you missed this episode, you can re-watch this. We get a ton of re-watches, which is kind of dope. I went back, like last week's show, ended with like five, 600 views. Rewatched it, we're up to like 1.2K, right? Like 600 re-watches. Awesome. That, that was on Facebook. So you can re-watch us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, just Bill and Buffalo. And as always, follow Bill and Buffalo on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And if you did miss this episode, you can wa- listen to it tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. 
We'll be back next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, breaking down more of the OTAs. We'll get a full week of OTA, basically. We'll get a little more depth than just one media day. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins, Bill's talk is going to keep going as the June 1st designation uh, creeps upon us with two days out from next Tuesday. But we'll be back breaking it all down on the Bill and Buffalo Network next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure you follow Lance on Twitter at Mafia Montage. Make sure you follow me at DBIC. Peter Lance, anything else you got to say before we say goodbye? Go Bills. Go Bills. And we'll see you guys next week, next Tuesday. And as always, like Lance just said, go Bills.